like me, so I don't know. set. All right, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Florida Report. My name is Jabari Bennett. I'll be your host, and we made it to episode one. Uh, I can't tell you enough about uh, how excited I am uh, to finally get going on this. I've been putting together the pieces on this project uh, longer than I care to admit, and we'll probably get into that uh, a little bit later on down the road, but I'm excited to be here. This is something I've wanted to do for uh, a long time. Uh, I know I'm sure plenty of people are like, oh, not another podcast, not another podcast. But uh, if not you, then who? Uh, in the the words of uh, esteemed author Shea Serrano, look, somebody going to get paid to do it, so it might as well be you. <laughs> Uh, and I'm not saying that like the checks are coming in off rip. Uh, they're certainly not. It's a self-funded project, but uh, it feels good. It feels right. Um, and I'm looking forward to going on this journey with uh, anybody that cares to listen, anybody that uh, follows. Uh, you guys have uh, my utmost appreciation because uh, it takes a lot to get in front of this side of the camera, this side of the microphone. Uh, I can only hope that our audio is picking up, that the uh, we're not going to have any camera issues. Uh, we've knocked on enough wood, so we'll, uh, we'll keep moving forward. Um, so yeah, again, thank you for downloading, streaming, uh, subscribing, and tuning in. We certainly couldn't do it without you. Uh, we are here for you. I am here for you, the listeners, the subscribers. And uh, as I mentioned in episode zero, if you guys check that out, uh, you know, we want to do a unique show that's Florida-based. I know I have my Atlanta vs. Everybody shirt on, and I wanted to I wanted to set the record straight early. I am a Georgia boy, uh, but I've been here long enough, and uh, this community has some fantastic things to offer. Uh, a lot of weird things, a lot of uh, crazy things, but uh, a lot of great stories, and we want to bring that to you guys uh, in an entertaining fashion. So that's what we're here to do. Uh, you can find the show... Uh, everywhere that you typically find podcasts at, iTunes, Stitcher, um, Spotify, uh, I'm looking into Podomatic, uh, maybe Google, but we'll see. You know, I want to make sure I'm, I want to make sure that this is on enough uh, platforms that it's accessible to everybody, uh, so that wherever it is that you're streaming. Oh, also YouTube. Um, clearly, there's a visual component here, so uh, we are going to be up on YouTube. The channel's already set. 
so I believe what's going to happen is we're going to post uh, podcasts on Mondays and then post the video uh, on Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm, I'm still working it out with the production team. So uh, once, we, once we get everything settled, um, I'm 100% sure that we're going to do podcast episodes out on Monday. Uh, so that way you guys can have it going into your work week. Uh, you can bump this on your commute. You can bump this uh, at the job in your headphones. Uh, hopefully you guys are staying safe out there, socially distancing, uh, and continue to wear your masks. Please, 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 you can follow the show. Uh, we are on Twitter at FL Report Podcast. Again, on Twitter at FL Report Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at the Florida Report Podcast. And if you want to drop us a line, let us know how we're doing, uh, you can shoot us an email at info at the Florida Report Podcast.com. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Leave us a, a five-star review, and uh, at least one five-star review will get read on this show every week, uh, as long as it's uh, nice. <laughs> I'm certainly not going to sit up here and uh, read hot filth about myself. Uh, in the words of my friend, I will not allow you to talk poorly about me <laughs> in front of company. So please... Uh, subscribe, rate, and review. It's going to help the show out tremendously. It's going to get what we're doing out to uh, the masses. It's going to sh- it's going to help us show up higher uh, on the list, and and that's what we want. Because at the end of the day, we want more people to see and enjoy this experience the same way that you guys are seeing and enjoying this experience. Uh, we're recording here uh, on the home front. I, we're still in quarantine. I've been working from the house. Oof, the better part of really since March, uh, with sporadic, very sporadic visits to the office. Uh, I'm fortunate to be in a position uh, where the firm that I work for, uh, they have allowed me to, uh, they've given me the, the tools to set up and work here from the house. And quite frankly, as I'm sure a lot of you guys have found out, there are certain aspects of it which really lead to increased productivity. Because I don't have to go sit in traffic and deal with these crazy Florida drivers, the time that it takes, I have to get up earlier to go to the gym, come home, get breakfast, get showered up, get changed, and then head to the office. Now I'm cutting out the middleman. It's going straight from waking up, doing what I need to do, getting a a bite to eat, and then logging in remote. So uh, I'm grateful for the ability to work from home, uh, especially because we're still in a weird, you know, turbulent times with coronavirus, with COVID-19. Uh, I really want everybody to continue to stay safe out there and, and wear your mask because that's important. Uh, let's see. I'm just sort of running down my uh, agenda here. Uh, let's see. First first part of the show, because obviously this is episode one and you guys are interested in seeing what the format will be. Typically, uh, when we... And the reason... And let me backtrack for a second. The reason why I mentioned that we're recording from the house, besides the obvious that we're recording from the house is that by episode two or three, we're going to be moved into uh, our regular recording space. Uh, in that way, it'll give us more opportunity, more room. Uh, I plan to bring on uh, several guest co-hosts over the life of the show, so we're probably going to get started with that early so that you guys as listeners and viewers uh, can get to know the, the people that uh, I want to do this project with, that I want to run the show with, uh, a, a great group. Uh, of people, and certainly 
uh, as the as the show develops, you guys hopefully will continue to get to uh, know the guest co-hosts as, as well as you guys uh, want to get to know me and, and my story and, and what we're trying to do here uh, with the podcast. So anyway, the first part of the show, uh, we'll dedicate that to uh, just catching up with the guest co-hosts, introducing them if they're new, uh, a little bit of an interview session. If we have guests, we'll probably do an interview earlier on in the show so that you guys can get acclimated to who it is that we're dealing with. And then we'll roll into our segment. So uh, this is going to be a segmented show. As I, I certainly appreciate uh, free thought, free train podcast, but I wanted to keep a bit of order to this so that you guys can, you know, come to expect, oh, okay, we're going to be talking about this around this point in time in the show. We're going to be talking about this at this point in time in the show. So as we go through, I'll sort of call out what our segments will be and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll figure it out together. You know, this is just as much of a learning experience for me as it is for you guys. So uh, instead, obviously, of, of a guest, and I also want to mention uh, a lot of the shows is, is just going to be me solo, uh, me covering our rundown, uh, me going over the stories that we want to talk about. Uh, this is my baby. This <laughs> is my brainchild. Uh, and that's why I say guest co-host. So uh, I don't want anybody to get comfortable with, okay, we're going to have a, a set rotation of people and, and we will rotate guest co-hosts in and out. But at the end of the day, it's, it's going to be me, uh, me and my smiling face bringing you guys uh, all the Florida news and uh, everything else from a national perspective that we choose to cover. So uh, I think where I want to start, you know, two important things, two important things in the zeitgeist. First and foremost, last night, uh, football is back. Football is back, baby. Uh, the Chiefs and the Texans kicked off last night. And I don't know if any of you guys watch Hard Knocks. I've been following it for some years now. It's a, it's very compelling television. I love compelling television. I watch a lot of trash TV, but I also do watch a lot of compelling television because I love storylines. I love following you know people in their pursuit of their dreams. And that's the beauty of Hard Knocks because it's telling you the story of, okay, here's these guys trying to make this 53-man roster. And... The people that are, are in competition for jobs, that's usually where uh, the stories are coming from. You know, you got rookies that are on the cusp. Obviously, your first-round draft picks, your second-round draft picks are uh, sitting pretty because they've got the guaranteed contracts. Uh, they're going to be there. But, you know, seeing what the undrafted rookies and late-round rookies go through um, and seeing what the veterans go through to get their bodies in shape for the season uh, is really fascinating to, to watch that. I never played football growing up um, formally. Obviously played out in the streets uh, with the fellows from the neighborhood. Throw them up, bust them up, sideline bust. Uh, anybody from uh, back home will know what I'm talking about. I don't know if, if, if you guys did sideline bust or, or any of those other rules down here in Florida. So maybe that's a Georgia thing, but we used to, to play back in the day. But I never played formally with pads or helmets or anything. Um, I grew up playing uh, baseball and, and soccer and then, uh, basketball and then basketball in high school um, but anyway the, the reason I say that part of the challenge this year as I'm sure many of you guys are aware with uh, COVID-19 the teams have had to uh, adjust to the uh, adjust to the new social distancing rules um, football was already going to be tough because 
you've got it's different from the NBA bubble, right? And I'm broadcasting from Central Florida. In the NBA bubble, there's a finite amount of people. All the people are in one space, so it's easier to control the ebb and the flow of people, um, except for Daniel House. <laughs> he ebbed and flowed right on out of that bubble. Uh, and we might cover that later. We might not. Um, but anyway, it was a smaller amount of people, so it was easier to account for certain variables relative to coronavirus. When you talk about Major League Baseball, when you talk about the NFL and college football to a larger extent, it's impractical to say, let's bring all of these people into one space. Because at minimum, you've got the 53-man rosters. Uh, you've got co coaching staffs that could be anywhere from you know, 15 to 20 people. Uh, plus assistance and football is such a production that you need all of these people to be able to shoot this for television. So I was a little skeptical. Uh, I'm still skeptical because, you know, they're testing every day and the amount of people that they're testing relative to the number of positive cases that they've got in return. Uh, not that I think that they're lying or that it's shaky, but I think with all of these professional sports, we're just waiting for the shoe to drop. And so with the NFL, it's like, okay, you've got people that are literally up in, up in their opponents' faces. It's just car crashes and collisions and you know blood, sweat, and tears all over the field. And it's like, okay, great. We're going to go do that for three hours and have no expectation that anybody is going to contract this. Um, so it's it's wishful thinking to think that we're going to get through the entire season uh, without, you know, somebody catching. I mean, that's the statistics bear out that way. Um, but anyway, they uh, they're off to uh, they're off to a good start last night. Uh, that boy, Pat Mahomes, came through and it's, it looks like he hasn't missed a beat. It looks like he doesn't have a championship hangover. Um, he was out there slinging that rock. Uh, the Chiefs look real tough this year. And uh, they played the Texans, <laughs> who are uh, the opposite of looking tough, um, with the head coach GM that uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what he's doing. And the only reason I say that is because I don't think that he knows what he's doing either. Uh, the chin of Bill O'Brien has made some real suspect moves, uh, chiefly trading away their best player in DeAndre Hopkins. And uh, coincidentally, because... That's, you know, that's how it goes. The first play, Deshaun Watson drops back and, and drops a beautiful dime right over uh, the shoulder. I think it was Will Fuller, uh, Notre Dame, whatever. Uh, drops it right over the shoulder of Will Fuller. He spins and bobbles and just just botches it. And <laughs> I was on Twitter. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nuke would have caught that. And so it was an early indication that uh, this was going to be an uphill battle for them. And um, Kansas City proceeded to beat the brakes off of the Texans. And it's not how you want to open. Um, I think it's a little tough, obviously, because the players didn't have a preseason or preseason games to, you know, actually get used to those collisions under their belts, so sloppy tackling. Um, but at the end of the day, they had two scrimmages, I think. And I don't know that they're going back to four preseason games, quite frankly. The injury risk... Um, the money that the owners want probably better suited to add playoff games at the end of the season. Um, but I don't think we're going back to four preseason games. So 
Uh, to that extent, it looked a little sloppy out there. I will tell on myself, I was skeptical to see what uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was going to do, the uh, rookie from uh, LSU. Uh, again, Georgia boy, he did numbers against my Bulldogs last year uh, on the way to them winning the chip. And I was like, yo, this is a good prospect. Obviously, he was good enough to be drafted uh, in the first round with the last pick. But my thing was is that, yo, they got so many mouths to feed in Kansas City. Where is this guy going to get his touches at? And uh, I was wrong. <laughs> they ran the shit out of that kid. So, um, you know, I, I think, and Andy Reid's a smart dude. He's, he's been around the league for a long time. Um, I think what happened was is that you look at Aaron Rodgers last year, uh, another all-time great quarterback, and, you know, he was getting Aaron Jones the ball, feeding Aaron Jones. Um, if anybody plays fantasy, uh, you know, Aaron Jones is one of the, the highest scorers in the league last year. And as people say, it's a copycat league. So, um, you know, with all the wide receivers and Travis Kelsey, I'm like, eh, he's not going to get a lot of touches. Uh, I was dead wrong. I think I think he had like 25 touches and uh, a number of receptions plus a touchdown. So um, I didn't think he was going to be bad, but certainly I didn't think he was going to get this amount of looks. So um, I'm only wrong to myself. Uh, so anyway, the takeaway besides, you know, the Chiefs still look uh, like the shoe in favorites to make it back to the Super Bowl. Uh, if you were watching the telecast, everybody was waiting to see what they were going to do with the uh, social justice initiatives um, before the game started, and <laughs> we got uh, we got lift every voice and sing, which is the black national anthem. Um, Alicia Keys collect, stay collecting checks. Uh, she did a beautiful rendition of the song. I was at the house and I was wondering. Uh, I text my family member. I was like, "Yo, uh, how many verses of this are they going to sing?" Because uh, it is a long song, and uh, if you've ever been to a program or uh, a function where they do lift every voice and sing, it sometimes it's touch and go. Usually you get in with the first verse, uh, but sometimes they sing um, all the verses. <laughs> and I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't think they were going to do that, but just in case, you never know, because um, they're still trying to, you know, the NFL is still trying to reckon um, with how far they think that they can go before it'll jeopardize. Um, any sort of money commitment that they have, but I'm, I'm glad that they did it. Uh, but the big to-do was the players after both national anthems were sung, and, um, you know, hopefully Chloe and Holly come back and listen to this Sunday. Shout-out to them. Uh, they did a great job with the national anthem as well. Uh, the players wanted to do a joint show of unity. So they went out to the middle of the field, both of the teams, and they all locked arms. And I think... Not that it matters at this point, but maybe only one player uh, kneeled, but uh, everybody joined arms and the PA announcer came up, or maybe it was uh, Al Michaels, um, and said, please, let's have a moment of silence uh, as the players join together to, for a show of unity. And I'm a linguistics guy. Like I, There's power in language. People use specific words for a reason, and... I thought it was telling that the NFL chose to land on the term unity. Uh, a lot of the players in the offseason have been protesting um, against, uh, you know, police brutality, against uh, African-Americans, minorities in the country, uh, racial injustice. 
to you know all the extents that those things permeate the country. The NBA has been a little bit more less non-committal about the language that they want to use in addressing police brutality specifically, and so I thought it was very calculated that the phrase that they went to was unity. Now, they also, um, apparently, they also put up about six or seven different phrases uh, on the billboards that were related to racial injustice. I think also in the end zone, they put at the back behind the uh, behind the goalposts in racism. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that's going to get it done, Roger. Just uh, a, paint, a paint job for in racism. And just in 2020, you're watching a football team uh, drop the uh, racial slur that was their nickname for however many years. So uh, NFL clearly has this in the bag. Uh, but anyway, they did a, a quote-unquote show of unity. And the remarkable thing to me, well, I guess not really remarkable in the grand scheme of things, but the remarkable thing to me was the exact phrasing that the PA announcer said was, join us in a moment of silence, moment of silence as the players um, join together uh, as a show of unity. And Kansas City and Jacksonville, and we'll, and we'll, we'll cover Jacksonville a lot on this show, um, Kansas City and Jacksonville, I think, are the first two stadiums this week that will allow fans um, into the venue, obviously, at a limited capacity. So I think, uh, I don't know, the percentage is uh, irrelevant, but let's just say they let in about um, somewhere between fifteen to 17,000 fans, and I think uh, Arrowhead Stadium holds like 80,000. They say, join us in a moment of silence. They cut to the field mics, and just booze rain down from the heavens. And I, it's, it's fascinating to me that as careful as the NFL tried to be, there were still detractors in the stadium that at bare minimum, you ask for a moment of silence for anything. As, uh, you know, I've been certainly fortunate to go to a handful of football games in my life, but even when you watch it on television, um, you know, if, if a, a player or a coach or um, somebody in production uh, has passed away or, or for any other number of causes, um, they ask for a moment of silence, you can almost hear a pin drop. Now, it is always inevitably the one asshole that goes, it, like in the, up, in the upper decks, and it's like, okay, guy, I, you're out here trying to get your two minutes. You're going to laugh about it with your beer buddies after um you know after you leave the stadium but more or less um when people ask for a moment of silence they get it so it was jarring to hear moment of silence while the players show unity and just booze and it's tough because the nfl is doing the bare minimum to more or less the nfl is doing the bare minimum to address these issues or to at least show support to their players who are addressing these issues, and still the general public, and certainly it was not everybody. I don't think uh, all fifteen or 17,000 people that were in that stadium were booing, but it was enough that it, it, it wasn't one or two guys, unless they just had a boom mic right next to uh, somebody that was in the front row that was just like, eh, enough of that. Um, and it's like, look, the players are asking, and, you know, Black people, minorities in this country are asking, hey, 
We just want, at minimum, we want you to care about these things as much as we care about them. Because uh, there's certainly still a lot of work to be done, but at minimum, to be caring and empathetic to the plight of people that are your neighbors, that are fellow citizens, that, you know, have every right to be here as, as much as you do, and that's the response that they get. Um, so certainly, you know, it was disheartening uh, to, to watch. Not surprising, but disheartening, uh, just because, you know, if you ask for a moment of reverence, usually you get it, and it's, it's pretty telling, you know, why it is that people were booing. Um, but, you know, they will continue to do demonstrations throughout the year. Hopefully, um, some of these demonstrations uh, reach and touch the minds and the hearts of the people uh, that are in positions of power that um, have the ability to, you know, affect real change um, at a political level, at a uh, passing laws level, that are able to put some money behind, you know, initiatives to help continue to develop the community. Uh, in the communities in which, you know, black people and minorities live in uh, because they've been historically underserved. So um, we'll continue to watch and continue to monitor. Again, I was not surprised that that was the reaction. Um, hopefully people, you know, hopefully people that uh, were surprised are people that are in a position to be like, you know, hey, that's not cool. And, and to challenge, you know, their friends and family who would even think to boo or who would even think to, uh, poo-poo the effort because, uh, you know, that was the most milquetoast basic thing that uh, the players could have done really to try to not offend anybody, um, and they still receive boos. So I juxtapose that with the second thing that I wanted to start with. Um, as you're listening to this, as I'm recording this, uh, it is September 11th. Um, so I did want to I did want to briefly touch on 9-11, uh, as I'm sure many of you guys can remember uh, where you were when you got the devastating, tragic news. Um, and I want to send, you know, uh, a shout out and, um, you know, prayers up to the families of those who uh, had family members that lost their lives that were victims um, of those, you know, of those two heinous terrorist attacks. And uh, prayers up to the families of those who had first responders um, you know, that without thinking twice, you know, rushed into harm's way to help who they could. Uh, and that's really the spirit of the country. So, you know, it's, and it was such a, a bonding time for, um, you know, it was such a bonding time for the nation. And that's why I truly and wholeheartedly believe that, you know, I'm, I'm not foolish enough to think that we're going to end racism tomorrow, but I know enough people care about their fellow Americans, their fellow citizens, um, that some of the responses to, you know, social injustice or racial injustice that I've been seeing is, is puzzling because I've seen this country at its best, at its strongest, um, when we were there for our neighbors, um, you know, when we were, you know, when we started the, the, the whole war on terrorism at that point in time, you know, there was, uh, there was a, a, gr a groundswell, more so than um, probably had been seen in, in years prior to 9-11. Um, there was a, a sense of community uh, and togetherness and support. And so I know that we as a country are, are capable of, of doing that and, and being better. Um, so I just want everybody to be better. Um, again, prayers up to anybody that was affected 
um, anybody that had family members or friends that were lost as a result of 9-11. I know this is a, a tough day for the country, a day of remembrance, a day of reverence. Um, and we want to give it the, the due gravity um, that it deserves. So um, with that being said, uh, <laughs> and uh, that's I guess that's the beauty of, of doing you know radio or podcasts is that sometimes you uh, have to transition awkwardly from uh, one sensitive or uh, somber, serious subject uh, into stuff that's a little bit more lighthearted. Uh, but we're ready to get into our first segment, the Florida Report. So first things first, uh, the Florida Report, uh, we're going to cover a bunch of stories that are local to Florida that might have you know local and or national impact. Uh, like I said, uh, this is an entertainment podcast uh, at the end of the day. So some of the stuff we're going to touch on is going to be serious, but um, a lot of it is going to be fun uh, and funny stories because Florida does lead the league um, and crazy stuff happening down here. So we're going to get into uh, we're going to get into it. So uh, let's run the report. All right. Um, we're still working on the uh, we're still working on the uh, visual component. So if any of you guys are, are watching this and you um, and you can't see the screen, uh, just email me uh, info at the Florida Report Podcast dot com and let me know. Or uh, you can shoot me a DM FL Report Podcast because uh, we want to you know get all your feedback and see what's working, and what's not. Um, probably going to edit this down some, but uh, as I'm making show notes as we go. Uh, so to that extent, uh, first things first, story number one, uh, Florida bars, and I know a lot of people are going to be relieved to hear this, uh, Florida bars are back open to 50% capacity starting on Monday. Um, this from West 2, they're reporting uh, that the um, chair of, or the secretary, Florida secretary, uh, of the Department of Business and Professional Regulation, uh, Halsey Bashirs, uh, which that's one hell of a name for you, uh, announced on Twitter <laughs> because that's how much news has changed these days that you know these sort of serious, impactful announcements are being put out on social media first um, before formal press press conferences are, re- are even being called. Uh, and there are some challenges with press conferences, considering the considering the climate of the pandemic. But there has been more of a shift over the past decade to release a lot of news uh, through social media. So this from Mr. Bashir's, we are rescinding amended EO 20-09 and uh, EO is uh, probably executive order uh, from the Department of Business and Professional Regulation. Uh, as of Monday, starting Monday, all bars will be re- reopened at 50% occupancy. So, you know, Central Florida is heavy on tourism. It's it's heavy on uh, entertainment. So I know a lot of people are going to be relieved because now that means that they can get back to work. A lot of people, unfortunately, and, and this is not necessarily specific to uh, Florida, but a lot of people in Florida, you know, South Florida, Central Florida, even up in Jacksonville, um, had been adversely affected by the closings. And, you know, it was a safe decision to, to close down uh, when the state did. But 
I, that put a lot of people that put a lot of good people out of work. So I'm happy to hear that even a lot of my friends that work in the uh, service industry or the nightlife industry have the opportunity to get back to what it is that they were doing. Even if you think about sort of the ripple effect of that, of college students have you know, college students that need to pay for college so they can continue to get their education. They work, you know, restaurant jobs, bar jobs, um, club jobs, service jobs. So even just outside of now people can come back and, and hopefully, you know, make payroll and bring back employees that they had to furlough or let go, you know, the ripple effects of this move uh, are far reaching beyond just saying, all right, well, now let's go out there and, uh, you know, tear it down. And to be honest, a lot of people are still going to go out there and uh, tear it down. I'm sure Monday... I'm sure Monday is going to be a heavy day. Oh, and and <laughs> since we're here, uh, Monday is is I'm pretty sure there's a Monday night football game. So I am predicting that there's going to be a large influx of people that are going to go to the bars on Monday to to welcome back football and welcome back Monday night football. Uh, I just implore you, and I, I'm pretty sure the regulations are still in place as far as social distancing, but at 50% capacity. So. I'm curious to see, uh, as I understand, you have to be seated uh, for service now. Um, I'm not sure if this, if the rescission of this uh, order is going to allow for patrons to just sort of stand idly by the bar, or if you know the mandate is still going to be in place that uh, customers have to be six feet away um, and using masks when they're not eating or drinking. So I'm curious. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, I'm wishing everybody luck. That's uh, going back to work on Monday. Hopefully, you're not too rusty um, for the uh, for the princess that comes in and uh, orders the uh, super duper martini. Uh, dust off those shakers, man. You guys are getting back to work, and I'm, I couldn't be happier for you. Uh, I'm sure at some point we'll try to safely venture out to uh, we'll, we'll try to safely venture out to some of my favorite spots in Central Florida and you know hopefully they're they're still doing well or they're you know on the way back on the road to uh, financial recovery because that is a large part uh, of the state's economy um, so you know fortunately uh, DeSantis and the state leadership Ron DeSantis the governor of Florida um, fortunately DeSantis and the, the state leadership are uh, they've been full speed ahead so this was an inevitable move I don't know um, how much longer, quite frankly, I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner, only because, you know, we were one of the first states to just sort of grant, you know, grand open, um, or grand reopen, rather, rather I should say, and so it, we haven't really had the, the best measured response. Uh, if you guys are watching from outside the state, I'm sure you've seen that Florida has been one of the leaders uh, in recorded COVID cases, so uh, it's been tough around here. The block has been a little hot. Uh, we, we've been trying to uh, be as safe as possible. Like I said, I've been working from the house uh, to try to minimize interactions um, on a daily basis. But I understand that people are, are cooped up in their house and uh, getting a little tired of their significant others and their kids, um, at which probably is why they sent the kids back to school. Uh, weird move to me. Uh, I I understand that you know, the parents have to work, the kids have to get their education. I was under the impression that they would probably have more of a 
digital rollout for the kids, but I'm sure at some younger ages, that's harder to do. Kindergarten, pre-K, first, second, third. Yeah, they, you know, these kids are, are raised nowadays to, to be attached to their screens and watch Moana 50 times in a row on the iPad. Uh, but when you actually get into a learning situation where the teachers have to communicate, probably for those younger students, it is more difficult. So um, shouts out to all the teachers that are going back that are, are braving it for uh, the sake of educating our, our, uh, our state's kids. And, you know, y'all stay safe. Uh, the parents that are going to be in the carpool lines, y'all stay safe. Uh, kids, stop switching masks. <laughs> I know uh, probably that's, I doubt anybody that's young enough that's going to do it is going to listen to this, but uh, I'm sure that's going to be, uh, I don't know if that's going to be a, a freak out moment or a funny moment for some parents when uh, they send their, their kid out uh, with a Paw Patrol mask and, and they come back with uh, a frozen mask or something like that. And it's like, oh no, you, 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 you did it. You, you did it, Timmy. Real, real <laughs> excellent work. So, uh, you know, I just, I'm going to, I don't have any children, so I, I can only, as an outside observer, uh, you know, just sort of say, hey, this is uh, an interesting situation. So I'm, I'm certainly wishing the best of luck to the parents who are sending their kids back to school. Um, I certainly don't sit in judgment, but I, I don't know that if, if I did have kids, if I would not for digital learning. But um, you got to go with what's best for your family. Story number two. All right, so I, I think maybe this, uh, the visual on this one is a little bit better. Uh, half a million dollars, and uh, this is from, who is this from? Local 10. I think this is probably a, a news station out of Miami. Uh, half a million dollars found being smuggled in cushion chair, and so... <laughs> Uh, customs agents said that they seized nearly half a, a million dollars being smuggled out of the United States in the bottom of a cushion chair that was going to be shipped uh, from Miami to the Dominican Republic. So part of, and this is a very Miami story, uh, I'm sure this is not going to be the last time that we cover one of these stories where um, some, uh, and I, I'm speculating, wild speculation here, Looks like drug money. Uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't think it would take a rocket science to figure out why this money um, is going to where it's going, but uh, probably drug money. So uh, one of the funny things that I that I have noticed over the years that I've been here is that um, you know these drug operations try to get more and more creative with how they get the money out uh, of the country, just as they try to be creative with how the money comes in. Uh, fortunately, our, our uh, diligent law enforcement officials. Um, are keeping watch, but uh, I don't think I've seen a, a furniture. I don't think I've seen a furniture scam in a while. Uh, looks like these bricks of money are packed in here uh, fairly tightly. So uh, all I know is uh, probably gonna have to answer for that one. Uh, somebody's gonna be in for a tough conversation uh, on the receiving end. <laughs> um, so uh, you know what we say around here when it's gonna be a tough conversation. Cancel Christmas. Cancel Christmas. So, uh, all right.
that was a short one, so let's go ahead and, and move to uh, our next story. Story number three, Naples, and this is from uh, Naples Daily News. Uh, there has been uh, a mastermind thief that has been stealing high-end wine bottles on a, a weekly basis, and uh, uh, I am... Uh, happy or chagrined, I'm not exactly sure which, to report that old boy finally got caught um, by the police. And uh, let's just say he was not the, uh, the most diligent of criminals. Um, quite obvious. So I'm going to go ahead and run the footage here. For those that are listening on the, for those that are listening on the podcast, there's no um, audio on the security footage, but it's a old white guy. He comes in the store. He's got his mask on and his Panama Jack hat and uh, his his khaki shorts as his and loafers. My guys definitely, my guys definitely got on the loafers, the uh, Naples uniform. So he comes in and he looks around and uh, he slides a bottle of wine <laughs> down the front of his shorts, uh, which. You know, at his age, oh, he's still in the store. Uh, at his age, is probably I don't I don't think you can write that one off uh, as well as you could if, if he were a young buck. So I'm sure some somebody was saying, "Come on, buddy." There you go. There you go. Just trying to slip it in right in the front. Come on, buddy. Uh, and so it's like you know when you see kids that uh, shoplift. Have you ever seen a kid shoplift? You can never just take what you're taking and leave. He's got to do some more shopping after the fact, so he's sort of uh, browsing and perusing, um, and then he's he's sort of making his way on out. Uh, the the employees are none the wiser. I think he's he's definitely not slick with his shit or anything, but uh, he did make off with several bottles and. Because there aren't the brightest criminals in Florida, I think this story reported that he he stole from the same store like weeks in a row. Now he stole from multiple stores, allegedly. Sorry, uh, I gotta now that I, I'm doing this and now I'm just not shooting the shit in my own house. I have to be more conscientious about saying allegedly. Uh, but allegedly, this guy on tape looks like the uh, looks like the dude that I think that they caught. Um, so let me give you guys some more details. A Hollandale Beach man was arrested Thursday in connection with the theft of high-end bottles of wine at a cafe and shop in Naples, according to Naples PD. Paul Whitney, 76, <laughs> spry young fella, uh, was charged with retail theft of $300 or more after he turned himself, oh man, he snitched, does it? oh, he dry snitched. He snitched himself out. Well, I guess the, the walls were closing in. Um, an investigation began in May when a store employee realized bottles of value, bottles valued, realized, ooh, typo, realized bottles of value, it should have been wine there, at hundreds of dollars each were missing from shelves at Tony's Off 3rd, according to Whitney's arrest report. Uh, this is your suspect. This is your guy. My man out here looking like uh, Al Pacino in uh, in Ocean's 13, which is a very fitting movie reference. 
Um, the store employee reviewed security footage and realized the same man returned to the store three Saturdays in a row. Three Saturdays in a <laughs> three times in a row. Three Saturdays in a row at similar time. He didn't even switch up his mo. Oh man, the uh, state attorney, the assistant state attorney is going to have a, a uh, open and shut case, Johnson, and concealed bottles of wine in his pants and left the store without paying. Uh, in total. And this is uh, the uh, this is the efforts of your mastermind criminal. In total, the man in the security footage stole thirteen hundred and forty six dollars worth of wine from the store during his three visits. Yeah, and the uh, and the cops and the cops were called on August twenty ninth by the employees uh, because I guess at some point he had been so emboldened that uh, he was just being reckless with it. And uh, a lesson I learned early is uh, most criminals that get caught, it's not their first rodeo. So, uh, Mr. Whitney, innocent until proven guilty. But they got you on tape, dog. They got you on tape stealing boxes. So, uh, good luck with that. I don't know what the sentencing is on that one. And as the show goes on, uh, I'm probably going to add more details relevant to these types of stories. More likely than not, in uh, higher-profile cases of stories that we review, uh, but this one, I'm, I'm sure there will be some restitution. He's gonna have to pay back that money because I'm sure that wine been drunk. <laughs> Him and his lady was out there getting the surfboard on with the uh, with all this good wine, um, and he's probably gonna have to sit down for a minute. So um, that's your guy. That's Mr. Paul Whitney. Uh, story number three, story number four, we're uh, trucking right along. And this is uh, one of the more Florida stories that we're going to cover early. Uh, Polk County Sheriff's deputy was called to uh, somebody's property when it was reported that an alligator was in their shed. Polk County, we're going to hear a lot of, uh, a lot of stories out of Polk County. Well, uh, this guy, uh, Officer Krupke, um, he showed up and uh, it turns out that it was not an alligator. Uh, it was a pool float of an alligator, uh, which is, is probably very commonplace in Polk County. And if we're being completely honest, I don't know this gentleman from nothing, uh, but he looks like he was about to go in there and shoot first and ask questions later uh, on the gator. Uh, but he wrestled the uh, pool float to the ground. Uh, no harm, no foul. Nobody was hurt or injured uh, except for the ego of whoever called the police. Uh, better safe than sorry. But if you don't live on a body of water and you don't have a pool, and the, the story doesn't say whether the person had a pool or not, chances are... how. How drunk were you that you forgot that you had a, a gator pool float in the crib? Call the cops on that. <laughs> these these are the types of these are the types of crimes I need our, our police investigating. <laughs> Quit harassing people and go uh, wrestle some gators. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm sure if I wanted to, I could find one alligator story every week. Uh, and it would always be this entertaining, if not more. Uh, moving along. And our 
last story, and I was looking for this. I had seen a story, and um, and I couldn't find the footage. There was a guy in uh, South Florida, in Miami, who went full uh, who went full rock and Baywatch, and led the police on a high speed chase. But here's the here's the catch. My man's on a jet ski. He's out here wheeling and dealing on the jet ski, giving uh giving Florida Fish and Wildlife some a run for their money and the U.S. Marshals. Um, Oh, they couldn't wait to bring the speedboats out for this chase. There we go. My man's got a good head start. Uh, he's making he's making some he's ma- he's he's got a he's got a good angle. He's carving by somebody else. He's got good technique out here. But eventually, because I don't think it could have ended any other way, the uh the guy i guess he ran out of gas or something but he ended up getting off the jet ski and ultimately uh ultimately he was uh, apprehended uh probably in 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 glorious fashion so i think the first story that i read on this and this one comes from uh in the race for a vaccine the finish line is approaching oh no we're not going to do that Get these ads out of here. Uh, we're going to be ad-free. Uh, Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission, who I didn't even know that they had a, a fleet of, spe- of speedboats to, to run people down. Um, I guess this guy was pulled over near the Hallover Sandbar uh, on Monday. So this was, uh, Labor- <laughs> this was a Labor Day violation. The other story that I read about this, um, they alleged that this was from a manatee violation. So I think they were trying to serve your boy uh, with a ticket, probably for getting too close to a habitat. And uh, Joe Dirt just said, all right, gun it. (laughs) Too many tall boys that he thought he could outrun Johnny Law. Um, Doesn't say that anybody was hurt. So I I feel good about laughing at that one. I I feel good about laughing at that one. Um, But yeah, Uh, and then, and, and, uh, apparently he was also wanted by U.S. Marshals, so uh, probably uh, jumped bail somewhere and uh, had to go see about somebody. And uh, somewhere in that process, he commandeered a jet ski and all hell broke loose. So uh, you're going to get a lot of stories like that. Um, and I'll probably will do a follow-up on that at some point because I'm interested to see what the genesis was. <laughs> Because, I mean, you just don't end up in a jet ski chase all willy-nilly. So, uh, one, two, three, four, five. That's five stories. Uh, Going to keep it short for episode number one. So, uh, that is, uh, that's Florida Report. We ran the report. And uh, there's going to be a musical aspect to it. I'm, I'm sure that as uh, we continue to, to produce the show, you'll hear uh, some, some original music. Um... You'll hear some original music, and we will 
we'll keep it pushing on to the next segment. The next segment, and we're going to have these two weekly segments. Uh, our, our second segment is called Quit the Internet. Shout out Ice Cube, uh, all about the Benjamins, one of my favorite movies. Um, quit the Internet. Uh, this segment, we're going to go over at least one story uh, where somebody has stepped in it or hopped out on a limb they had no business being out on. And they were loud and wrong, and they need to go ahead and fall all the way back. Um, this week's story, coincidentally, uh, hits close to home on two different accounts. One, because the person in question is from Florida. And two, because it involves uh, my embattled New York Jets. <laughs> Uh, and I'm sure a bunch of uh, I'm sure a bunch of uh, Patriots fans are, are logging out now. But I am a Jets fan. Um, I understand where the the bread has been buttered in in the AFC East for the past such and such years. Just my luck, Superman Cam Newton comes to replace uh, the goat Tom Brady. So uh, seems like we can't catch a break. And it seems like uh, it seems like wide receiver. Josh Bellamy seems like he couldn't catch a break either. Uh, this from the Department of Justice, the official Department of Justice website. NFL player charged for role in $24 million COVID relief fraud scheme. NFL player fraudulently obtained $1.2 million in small business administration paycheck protection program loan. So they charge uh, Josh Bellamy, who I believe is, I think this was his first year uh, with the Jets. <laughs> for first year and last, grand opening, grand closing. Uh, this is his first year uh, with the Jets. I think he's been in the league for maybe five, six years uh, on other teams. I think he came in with the Bears, but neither here nor there. Um, Josh Bellamy, 31, of St. Petersburg, Florida, a player in the NFL, no longer was charged in a federal criminal complaint filed in the Southern District of Florida with wire fraud, bank fraud, and conspiracy to commit wire fraud and bank fraud. Bellamy was arrested this morning. Let's see, this was Thursday. Today, Junior. Oh, sorry, yesterday. So he was uh, arrested yesterday. The complaint alleges that Bellamy conspired with others to obtain millions of dollars in fraudulent PPP loans uh, early in the scheme, Philip J. Augustin, uh, who I believe was, uh, yes, who was uh, another uh, co-defendant, uh, allegedly obtained a fraudulent PPP loan for his talent management company using falsified documents. Um, after submitting those, after submitting the application, he, he brought in other co-conspirators, including Bellamy, uh, who... who uh, who's in on the scheme and in order to receive kickbacks for obtaining the forgivable loans. Bellamy is alleged, allegedly, allegedly, innocent until proven guilty. Bellamy is alleged to have obtained a PPP loan of $1,246,000 in $246,565. Let me try that again. $1,246,565 for his own company, and this is the piece de resistance, Drip Entertainment, LLC. 
<laughs> because there's nothing like the sign of a young boy. His company is named Drip Entertainment. Bellamy allegedly purchased over $104,000 in luxury goods using the proceeds of the loan, including purchases at Christian Dior or Chrysotan Dior, uh, if you get that reference, Gucci, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, and other jewelers. He's also alleged to have spent approximately $62,774 in loan proceeds at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino and to have withdrawn over $302,000. Bellamy also allegedly sought PVP loans on behalf of his family members and close associates. And that, therein is the problem. You can see this man never saw American Gangster. Because the second uh, Frank Lucas brought in T.I., <laughs> everything went to shit and uh, bought that fur. But that's another story. Um, let's see. The complaint alleges that the scheme involved the preparation of at least 90 fraudulent applications, most of which were submitted uh, Augustin Bellamy and other conspirators in the scheme um, have alleged to apply for loans that are worth more than $24 million. Many of those loans were approved and funded by financial applications, paying out at least 17 So uh, they for sure hit for the lick. So that, that therein is the end of uh, Josh Bellamy's uh, NFL career, most likely. Uh, I don't think you're coming back from that. He was fringe enough as it is. And if you use, unfortunately, there's a, a history of players that have committed some, some heinous crimes. If you use Mike Vick as the benchmark of somebody that committed a heinous crime that came back have a productive career, uh, but he ain't Mike Vick. So I don't think we'll be seeing him anytime soon. Um, but, hey, man, the scammers are out. And it's a, it's a shame that... Um, it's a shame that so many people have been deprived. So many small businesses that actually needed that money uh, were deprived. So, you know, we can certainly get our key keys in over drip entertainment and uh, the fact that your boy couldn't help but uh, go out and, and floss up and uh, buy all the drip that he wanted, drip entertainment, uh, right into a jail cell. So uh, grand opening, grand closing for Mr. Bellamy. And that's today's Quit the Internet. Don't say nothing to him. He's just mad because I quit. Quit. Quit again. Quit again. I'll be back. I love that clip. And today, the last segment that we're going to do before we wrap up uh, is the Internet is Undefeated. So our two segments are Quit the Internet on one hand and the Internet is Undefeated on the other hand. So the Internet is Undefeated, uh, I want to use to try to show um, something a little bit more positive or... Um, something funny that happened on the internet where, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where something happens in real life, but as soon as it makes it to the internet and gets consumed by social media, it turns into, um, something completely different. Uh, but we usually want to try to end on, on a high note. Um, so today's, today's quit the, uh, today's, oh, sorry. I got, uh, I got audio for that too. Hold on. The internet. The internet is the undisputed, undefeated heavyweight champion of the world. So today's the internet is undefeated is, and we've got some visual for this. Wow. My man Will Smith, Mr. Entanglement himself, uh, has announced on the gram 
that there's going to be a reunion show um, or a reunion telethon. I'm not exactly sure what format um, it's going to be for the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And anybody that's in, in my age demo, um, and I just, uh, I just turned 33 uh, this past week, so happy birthday to me. Um, feel free to, to drop me a birthday shout-out. Uh, on Twitter, when you guys download the, uh, when you guys uh, download or stream this episode, or uh, hit me up on Instagram. Um, growing up, I watched a ton of Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Um, I was a Fresh Prince guy. I know there's two, usually two competing factions: your uh, Martin Camp, your Fresh Prince Camp. Um, I watched Living Single, but that was not really like my thing. Um, and then certainly I'm, I'm happy that in recent years, the episodes have been re-released. So anybody that, um, anybody that gets nostalgic over this type of stuff can go back and rewatch some of the episodes. Um, <laughs> uh, obviously, and I, I hate that, I hate that some of my favorite episodes are the cliche ones, but, um, uh, the Bel Air offense, give the ball to Will. That's one of my favorite ones. Um, probably one of Will Smith's best acting jobs uh, was the when his when his father came back into town, and that still gives me chills. And I was reading uh, some time ago uh, after after James Avery had passed, and, and rest in peace, James Avery, Uncle Phil. That you know that was one of the the rawest, most emotional scenes that they had shot in the entire series. Uh, and that everybody that was on set was in tears because it was such a powerful performance. And I don't necessarily need to recap the importance of what was trying to be conveyed during you know that episode and that scene. Um, but if if it needs to be said, you are enough. If nobody's told you today, you definitely are enough. Um, so anyway, they are exactly thirty. It's quote today is exactly thirty years since the first print. Fresh Prince of Bel Air debuted, um, so they're doing a family reunion, and they got a, uh, they got a uh, jazz, they got Alfonso. Houseway, well, uh, Will Smith asked. That's how. Um, so let's see here. Uh, yeah, they got uh, Tatiana. Um, they got my man. Uh, they got my man Jeffrey, uh, Karen Parsons, and Daphne, who was. Um, Aunt Viv number two, and I think the the surprise on this one was the next photo. Uh, he's sitting down with Aunt Viv number one, and uh, I don't I won't rehash it. It's something you can look up on your own time. But uh, obviously, there's a lot of beef after Aunt Viv number one. I think she only lasted one season, um, maybe two if memory serves correct. Um, but I, there was certainly some beef between her and Will. Uh, that you know, I don't uh, allegedly that he didn't uh, stand up for her during some contract negotiation or s- something this, that, and a third. But uh, if you care to go read the history, uh, it's on the internet. But I'm glad that after so much time has passed, that everybody can reconcile and, and come back together because that was a, a seminal show of, of my youth and and for a lot of people in my age demo and, and older. Um, and so the the young kids, you know, they don't. They don't know. Uh, they don't know Fresh Prince like we know Fresh Prince, and certainly, um, it's been interesting seeing some social media, especially after the whole uh, Will and Jada uh, entanglement thing. That you know, a lot of young kids are just now coming to find out who Will Smith is, 
Um, and he's, you know, he put together a run in some of the greatest movies in the 90s and 2000s that we've ever seen. Um, definitely some of your favorites, uh, Independence Day, Bad Boys 1 and 2, um, off the top of my head. I get Wild Wild West, you could put that in there. Um, ugh, I know, I, I know there's, I know there's one I'm forgetting. Um, and it's going to come to me as soon as we stop recording, but neither here nor there. Um, so... I'm I'm happy to hear that they are uh, pulling this back together. It's on HBO Max, and I've neither spent the time nor have I had the inclination to spend the time to try to figure out uh, how HBO Max works because I got regular HBO. If I pay for regular HBO, why don't you just give me HBO Max? So um, anybody from HBO that listens to this or anybody that uh, works at a cable company wants to shoot me some uh, info on, on how to get HBO Max through my existing cable HBO Max subscription, uh, please let me know. That would be a great help because I'd like to check it out. Because um, I'm sure at some point it'll make it to the internet, but uh, I'd, certainly that's going to be one of those things where you uh, everybody tunes in live uh, to watch. So that is uh, the internet is undefeated. internet is undefeated so um that's it for today's show guys uh episode number one is in the books i'm so happy uh you can call me one take jabari because we shot this all the way through knock on wood when i go check the audio uh all of this stuff has been captured uh if not uh your boy's gonna be real sad about that um because then i'm gonna have to shoot uh, episode one all the way over again or i'll just have to try to boost the audio um, from our camera system, but uh, here's where you can find us at. Again, uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, Five-star reviews, please, so that uh, we can get boosted up and uh, more people can join in on the fun. And uh, if you leave a, a nice five-star review, I'll at least read one of those a week on the show. Uh, I probably got another two segments that will roll out here over the next couple of weeks. Uh, but I wanted to make sure that we got the uh, basics in the book because if you don't learn the basics, then you can't build off of that. So um, we run the Florida Report. Uh, we do Internet is Undefeated, and we do Quit the Internet. And those are those are going to be our, our three-on-three with a half-court. And we'll expand, certainly, as, as we get more guests um, to come in. And like I said, I've got a couple other things that I really want to try that I think will be entertaining that I think that you guys as an audience, as listeners, will enjoy. Uh, here's where you can find us again. Follow us on Twitter at FL Report Podcast. Again, that's FL Report Podcast. Follow us on Instagram, The Florida Report Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at The Florida Report Podcast. And from those two platforms, we'll be announcing, um, you know, when our episodes drop. We'll be putting out clips, maybe exclusive behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, <laughs> I said. I sound like such an Instagram basic. Oh, my God, the, the BTS, hashtag BTS. Um, and so, uh, and if you want to shoot us an email, uh, let me know how I did on my maiden voyage or if you have any feedback or suggestions, um, if there's anything from a technical standpoint that you think that we could be doing better, please don't hesitate to drop me a line at info at the Florida Report Podcast.com. Again, that email is info, I-N-F-O, at the Florida Report Podcast.com. 
The website isn't live, so don't go looking for it yet. Uh, I want to make sure that we get the basics down that, um, you know, we have a, a good product that uh, we like and that we're comfortable with before we expand to the, the website. But uh, that is certainly in the works. Um, like I said in, in episode zero, man, it was it was time to jump in. Um, if, if, if I learned anything from the untimely passing of Chadwick Bozeman, and again, rest in peace to that man and, and uh, prayers and condolences to his friends and family and, you know, all of his fans that were touched by his movies, you know, he was, uh, he knew he was on the clock, uh, I guess, I suppose, based on what's recorded. He knew he was on the clock and he still, you know, put his heart and soul into his work and pumped out a bunch of uh, excellent movies. Uh, and so I, I didn't want to keep waiting around for this, man. I wanted to actually uh, mix it up and I'll figure it out, man. We'll figure it out together. That's the good part. So um, that's how you can, uh, that's how you can find us on social media. If you want to follow my personal Twitter account, it's two stones, one bird. That's the number two stones, one spelled out, bird. Two stones, one bird. Um, I'll try to interact with you guys. Uh, I'll tell you this right now, um, and I'll probably say it a couple of times. Uh, I don't engage in disingenuous arguments. So on any social media, on any email, if you come to me with, uh, if, you, if you don't step to me correct, if you don't have a good premise, I'm, I'm probably not going to engage. Uh, and if you don't come to me with an openness or willingness to potentially learn from the dialogue, like if you, if you arrive at the party, um, if you arrive at the party with your conclusion and you know, you just try to, um, beat me down or, or beat your uh, followers, the people that you interact with on social media down with it, um, you sort of rob both sides of the conversation of having a shared learning experience. So, uh, like I said, don't be disingenuous. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not here for that. Uh, but I, I do want to engage and I do want to interact with you guys, uh, because I do appreciate you spending your time. Uh, I know there's plenty of podcasts that you could be listening to, but you're here rocking with me and I'm grateful for it. And I greatly appreciate you. If you want to know how you can uh, support the show, um, this show is brought to you by me. Uh, and if you want to support us, uh, if you have friends and family that have been in any auto accidents, I can help. I am a licensed attorney here in the state of Florida, and it costs nothing for me to review your case. Uh, if you think that you might have a potential case, if you've been involved in an automobile accident, if you've been involved in a motorcycle accident, hit me up. I'd be honored to review your case with you uh, and see if there's any way that I can be of assistance uh, through the firm that I work at. Uh, if you want to get in contact with me for a potential uh, case discussion, you can email me at consult at the Florida Report Podcast.com. Again, that's consult, C O N S U L T, at the Florida Report Podcast.com. Or you can shoot me a DM and just say, hey, um, heard you were an attorney. Uh, I think I might have a case, or I think my friend might have a case. Like I said, cost you nothing to, to chop it up with me. Um, I'm honored to help. I'm honored to listen because uh, that's that's what I do. Uh, that's a part of my purpose. That's what I'm, I'm here for is, is to help people. And hopefully along the way, I can uh, give you guys some entertaining content. So again, thank you so much uh, for listening. We'll continue to get better and this will continue to develop and we'll continue to try to give you guys an enjoyable product. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I'm blessed that you guys turn, uh, tuned in. 
Um, shout out to all the uh, frontline workers. Shout out to all the teachers. Shout out to all the healthcare professionals. Uh, we love and we appreciate you guys putting it on the line for us during uh, these difficult times. So, uh, everybody have a, a blessed evening, and this has been the Florida Report. Free world.